maybe... I don't know. It's easier to shove someone in the barrier if you're not your friend. If it's not your friend. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, so it think- is. It is. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Dirty Talks. I'm still Magali Rochette, and I'm with my friend, Lucinda, again today. And it's Halloween. I just learned that they also have Halloween in the Netherlands. Um, but we're not here to talk about Halloween. We're here to talk about cyclocross. It's our second episode. We didn't know if we'd make it to second, but it looks like you guys liked the first episode. So here we are for episode two. Our main topic today, the question I've probably had the most often in my whole life, what are the difference between cyclocross in North America and in Europe? So we dive deep into that. And later on, we answered the public's question. We picked one that fit into that subject a little bit and our dirty questions of the week. Enough of me mumbling around. Let's go to that conversation. Hello, Lucinda. Hello. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's super cool that we uh, made it up to a second one, isn't it? <laughs> I'm glad that people like the name as well. Yeah. I mean, did you have any comments about it? I, I I think most people thought it was a good name. The only thing I, I the only um, feedback I got was that when you search dirty talks on on the podcast, you might find some also some other dirty things. So <laughs> some people subject suggested that we talk that we call it dirty talks cyclocross or something. Ah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe we can still add something there. The- Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> cool. So Or we just make it make ours uh, make sure that ours is gonna be the most popular and then we anyway on top. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy. Um I, I like that. Um I mean let's just it's been a while since we chatted actually. So how how are you doing? Last time you had your injury, it looks from what I saw on Instagram that you started writing again. How how's it going? Yes, uh, that's true. Uh, thank God it's uh, going much better uh, than the last time we spoke to each other. So uh, once I got a go from the doctor to do some physiotherapy, it actually went uh, a lot better and uh, it was uh, much easier uh, to do. And, you know, like everybody knows how nice it is if you feel the improvement and uh, that gives some perspective and uh, yeah so actually it's going very well Uh, I think I'm on 95% from uh, what it should be so that's really good so I basically can do everything but sometimes I feel a little bit or I feel that I have less power but that's it Hmm. that's really good yeah yeah do you absolutely I mean, maybe you can't say it, but do you already have a plan on when you want to start <laughs> racing again? Um, we have a small plan. Um, uh, yeah, I think I can tell it because before it's coming out, then I think we have uh, published it already. So, um, of course, the Europeans are coming. And then after the Europeans, I will uh, start in Dendermonde. Oh, cool. It's my first uh, first race. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about it? Do you do you feel like more nervous than normal since it's not the same season start as you're used to having, or how do you feel about it? Or does it even like take pressure off and you're not as nervous? Mm, in the beginning, uh, I was just you know busy with my own um, yeah getting better and. Um, you have no clue uh, when you can race again. So that was main focus. And then when, once the races started, actually I was just, you know, super excited and motivated to work super hard to join the pack again. <laughs> and uh, also the boys from our team are r- racing so well. So it's super inspiring me uh, to, to work even harder. But it's also, of course, um, yeah, it's, it's really difficult to know where you where I am so uh, once I'm uh, uh, around the first race I'm definitely gonna be very nervous I guess yeah well that's cool though I mean once the good thing is there's still a lot to a lot coming in the season so you can still have like yeah a big progress towards like from now until the end and yeah cool 
Yes. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward. I still have a few weeks to train, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, um, the last time we spoke with each other, um, yeah, you was really looking forward to see where you're at in the European, uh, between the European riders. And uh, I've been watching the race and I think <laughs> you was uh, very on point already with your level. So tell me a bit more about it. Thanks. Yeah, it was, it was cool to it was cool to have the World Cup, you know, and a few of the riders came. So, I mean, Fem and Pook and Cillian were there and Inga and, you know, uh, Zoe, a lot of others. So it was, yeah, it was, I was really nervous, actually, like before the race. I didn't think I would be that nervous, but it kind of came up and I was like, oh, okay, I need to chill a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm happy about it. It's, um, I mean, to be honest, Fem is kind of on another level, um, but yes. if... <laughs> Without her, like, I think, you know, I wasn't too far off from Cillian and I made some mistake in the first part. Um, so I think I can maybe if I have if I start better, I think maybe I can ride with her a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, it's it feels good. And now I actually come to Europe next week. So I leave from here in one week and I'm going to race Dendermon too. So from now, like every week I can race with all you guys and see if I can improve. So I'm excited for that. And I think like it was, you know, the mistake I made on the first lap, it was kind of a mindset adjustment that I always have to make when I start racing with the European riders again is Sometimes in North America, if you don't, if you're not as aggressive in the first part of the race, it's not too much of a problem because there aren't as many super strong persons, people. So you can kind of make your way to the front easy, uh, ah, yeah, easier, yeah. not easy, but easier. And now, so I kind of had the same mindset mindset. So when I started, I started good, but not awesome. And then in the first corners, I was like, oh, it's no problem. I don't need to fight for it too much. And then like... Pfft, Everyone went and I was like, oh crap. It was a bit too much, la la la. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, like I need to change that because yeah, it's it's just another level. So I need to really be like from the start really on it and aggressive. And I think if I do that, then it's it's better. And I know I'm able to do it. It's just, it really is like kind of a switch to flip in my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. A little nervous because it's always like a bit nervous like it, we we leave for three months and it's not that long it's a long time it's pretty long so it is like i'm always a little nervous before leaving just because we also need to pack everything at home and like it's winter here there's already yeah there's already like snow and so you have to like close the house for the winter and so it's so there, it's always like a little stressful but also very exciting so yeah should be should be fun yeah, but um, so we're actually going to start uh, racing in Europe at the same time. Yep, I might. <laughs> in the same race. I'm hoping to do maybe Neil before, like ah, the, just yeah. because it would be like an opener before the World Cup after like yes. the travel. So I don't know. We'll see if I get a contract or not, but <laughs> I, I uh, applied. May, may, maybe you get mine. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not going? Yes. Uh, so whoever organizes no. the race, you, yeah, if you yeah, hear exactly. this. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's try that they listen our podcast yep. but no I think um, yeah I was doubting because actually I like to race there but um, yeah maybe listeners know also that in the World Cups you get more points and of course I lost a few points I'm probably at uh, start row two now and um, I'm not sure if it's super handy to start already a double weekend straight away. So, you know, then you always need to make uh, some choices, which are not easy. But yeah, so yeah, that's why. Cool. Yeah, I think that makes sense just to start, see where you're at. Um, I mean, I might end up doing that too. We'll see. Like, we'll see how I feel when, when <laughs> yeah, we get yeah. to Europe. But all right. Um, yeah, but I, you also want to get the most out of it, right? Yeah, it, yes, but it's like a, it's like a balance because at first, like when I used to come, the first years that I would come, I was like, okay, I need to do as many races as I can. But now, also, I also want to do well. I don't want to just do many races, um, and it's like a balance because f for me, it's when I'm not racing over there, it's boring. 
Like, I have nothing yeah. else to do, literally. <laughs> um, you know, when you're at home and you're not racing, there's always a ton of things you can do. But for me, it gets boring yeah. when I'm not racing. So I have to balance because if I race too much, then I, I don't perform well. So no, you it's need a quality, balance. of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I think I'll play it by how it's going once I get there. Cool. Nice. And yeah, listeners, I think uh, last time we didn't really had a program or anything. <laughs> no, no <not laughs> we all. were just going. <laughs> but you know what? We thought let's um, yeah prepare the second one a little bit better than the first one. So we actually really had a, yeah kind of a program even uh, what yeah how to do the episode. <laughs> yeah, and so the first part we're done with the first part. <laughs> Um, and now what's our topic this week? Our main topic that we want to discuss about. What's what, what are we chatting about today? Well, um, we got a few questions about it as well. And it was already on our mind as well. So we thought um, it would be good to uh, talk straight away about the difference between North America cyclocross and Europe cyclocross. Um, because I think we both noticed there is a, a lot of difference, of course, um, already when you look uh, to the amount of riders that are racing it international, it's already a difference. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's actually, I think, a very interesting po topic. And, um, Mackley, I would uh, like that you kick off with something, yeah, with your first thing that you noticed. Yeah, um... I think one of the first, yeah, one of the first thing I notice is the community aspect. So, and, and I mean, I'll try to explain it that way. So the way that the races are set up in North America is usually there, there's a race on Saturday and on Sunday at the same park. And so what that does is that every team arrives on a Friday afternoon and they park all the tents and trailers and stuff. And for the whole weekend, you're at the same park with everyone. And I think what that does is it allows for more, yeah, it allows for, it's easier to chat with people. It's easier to make friends, to chat with the other teams, with your competitors. It's easier for the fans to come see the athletes and just to get to know each other because for literally 2.5, two and a half days, you're there at the same park. Um, and I think that's one thing that I, I personally really enjoy it, but it's one thing that I found difficult when I got to Europe at first because there, the races, every time it's a different place. And so everyone arrives with their campers. Usually it rains and it's cold, so everyone stays in the campers. And it's more like you get the job done. Like you get there, do the race, and as soon as it's over, you get back in your camper and you leave. So it leaves less opportunity for chatting with people and meeting everyone. And yeah. It's just, yeah, at, at, it, that, I think that's one of the main difference. And for me, initially, I thought it was hard, like, because there was no opportunity to get to know even the other athletes, like the other racers. And sometimes I thought it was kind of lonely. I was like, oh, well, I don't have any friends here, you know? And I know I don't come yeah. to make friends, but it, it is, a, I don't know, it's a bonus for me. It's fun when, when you get to, yeah, have interaction. But is it also um, that, so... Yeah, you guys, of course, travel a long way to the race and um, then you are uh, a whole weekend in the same place. Do you also sleep in the camp? So you also have the dinner times and stuff like this around the parkour or the, does people still book a hotel? It depends. That's a good question. Sometimes we've done it where we stay at the park and then the few other racers that are also staying at the park, we can have dinner together. That's super fun. Um, this year, I've done it differently. I went to the hotel every time. But still, since we're all away from home in the same town, sometimes we still go out for dinner, everyone together. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think in Europe, you guys go back home. So, like, why would you... Why would you have dinner with well, everyone else when you can yes. go home, I guess? <laughs> yeah, especially the Belgium ride. So for me, um, I always have been booking hotels in double weekends as well. Okay. Um, because I thought I could save some energy there by I could travel back, but it's a bit more driving time than driving to the next hotel closer to where it's on Sunday. Yeah. So 
I had uh, this type of strategy, but it's true. Uh, besides a few other races, maybe uh, which are not in Belgium or the Netherlands, uh, yeah, I'm, I was almost the only one. Uh, hmm. Lars van der Haar, my teammate, also did it, but it's it's not often. Then that's true, and then you and everybody is is making their own plans. So it's uh, way more individual uh, in Europe, I think, in this way. But still, when I started cyclocross, for me, it was already even here, like a community thing. Okay. And people more open to each other, willing to help each other than uh, compared to uh, road cycling. Oh, yeah. So it's super funny how like those levels of community and uh, uh, working together are, are uh, yeah, a difference. But... Um, it's something when I was racing in, in America, it's something I noticed as well. What I also really liked was it's more like a, a family trip. Mm -hmm. So um, there's also something to do for the little kids. There's even sometimes a dog run or something like this. And yeah. I really love that because you really make it for everybody uh, on that day. And um, in especially Belgium, because I think in some other countries like Switzerland, they also always try to have a kids race and things like this to mm -hmm. inspire the young riders. But in Belgium, it's mostly uh, just uh, the party of the small village, yep. <laughs> let's say it like <laughs> this. So that's a really big difference. Yeah. And I, there's something, I what you're saying, it brought me one, one question, but then I think it fits into like another thing that, I noticed, but my question is: You talked about, um, you know, in the races, some you you go to a hotel sometimes, and your teammate Lars Vanderhart does the same. But how does it work? Like, does your team? You don't travel as a team; like everyone kind of makes their own plan. Yeah, yeah it's super special. Um, so we are one team, and we try to have some contact uh, with each other to make a plan but you're still just your small little business mm. and you get a lot of support around the races and we train together, but um, every all the preparation towards the race, you do on your own. Um, but for example, the travel to America and also the World Cup in Dublin, uh, we try to catch up a little bit more. Um, so sometimes then even we say, uh, okay, the team can book the hotel so that we are all in the same hotel. Um, but still, we all book our own flight and things like this. So all the travel logistics and stuff like this, we all yeah, uh, plan it ourselves. Uh, but when it's a bit further away, we do try to uh, yeah talk with each other because also to Benidorm, for example, luckily it's a lot of times super good weather. Yeah. It's a waste of money to travel with six campers to there, for example. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. then we have a talk about that and, you know, so then we share a bit more. Okay. Oh, cool. And do you sleep in your camper before races sometimes? Or is it like the team's camper and like the mechanic kind of bring it? How does, how does yeah, it work? Yeah, um, I, I have done both. Um, but because I, I'm not sleeping so often, the sleep is not so good yeah, <laughs> as yeah. in the hotel. So um, now I actually have it arranged in a way that my mechanic has my camper and I always come by car to the race. So um, when we stay over and he will also stay over, then uh, I still ask him, do you want to sleep in the camper or you want to sleep in a hotel room? So, okay. <laughs> But then you need to empty all the bikes out of the camper. So yeah, yeah. It, your choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of times he, they, they are so they are they are always want to sleep in the camper okay. and then uh, I stay in uh, in the hotel but then we're gonna eat together and you know so yeah yeah oh cool okay now that is so it's a bit different yeah probably. it is but yes. I'm also learning about it so yeah it's interesting yeah and probably every team does it a bit different as well again yeah uh, it's not everywhere the same yeah you know when you were talking about like the kids the family here racing. Um, I think it, it break like that brings me to another point that we wanted to to discuss about is how professional the sport is in North America versus Europe, and I think the yeah. reason. 
So I also think it's really cool. And actually, like this weekend, there were so many, like hundreds and hundreds of kids and family racing at the, the race I was at. And it's so cool to see because I think that's how like the sport grows. But I think one big difference is that over here, the sport relies on these people to, to stay alive, you know? So yeah. like the race organizer makes its money from all of these kids and families and people coming to race on the same course that we do. Whereas in Europe, you know, it's way more professional in terms of the people pay to come watch races. There's The sponsors are not cycling sponsors. They're sponsors no. from, you know, and I think it makes sense because if you think about it, like people that are here that are coming to watch, they're not racers. So they might use the bank that sponsors the event or like the bathroom company or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's way more general. But also mm -hmm. those bigger, those company, I think, have way more money than just cycling company. But over here, like in yes. North America, the people that watch cyclocross are cyclists. So the only companies that want to invest in cyclocross are cycling companies. So it makes that there's way less money in the sport, I think. And it's way yeah. less professional, if it makes sense. And I guess by professional, I mostly mean like in... In terms of in Europe, it's the entertainment for people that you see on TV more more like what we have in North America with sports like basketball or the NFL. It's like entertainment for the people. Um, so that in that sense, that I mean professional, and in North America, it's more participation based. So people that participate watch the sport and make the sport alive. Yeah, and I think it's especially in Belgium. So in Belgium, it's, um, yeah, the, uh, every race is on TV. Yeah. And um, so it means um, that's 50 minutes for the woman, a bit more than an hour for the men, and maybe even uh, one of the under 23 or some interviews before. And um, that's uh, on Saturday and Sunday. So um, if you would compare... The price of sponsoring a cycling cyclocross event, or you buy commercial on TV, and then I You're think right. it's even a cheaper way to uh, reach the people. And um, yeah, that's a part of why um, is of course um, yeah, it keeps the circle going yep. from having money in and that there is a TV attention. But I do notice also that it's mainly in Belgium, of course. Um, if we see also on the uh, on the World Cups outside Belgium, you it's hard to find sponsors which are not from Belgium. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it's so. I so wish it was like that also in North America. Like it would be it yeah. because it's so important. I always say like, thank God we have Belgium because that's like finally a place where we can really be a professional you know yeah. you know what it means mm -hmm. like it's i'm yes. so grateful that there's like a real professional circuit over there i mean there is also at home but if it was just that i don't think we would really be making much of a living so i'm always thankful that there's like the world cup in belgium for that um yeah but that's that's what what i'm wondering um so because of all the Belgium interest and that I'm racing for a Belgium team, um, yeah, that's how I make my living. But um, for you, yeah, how do you do that? I mean, you will come over for three months to Belgium, but that costs a lot of money because you, the flight is not cheap. You need to stay somewhere here. You need a camper here. Uh, in the meantime, you still have your cost uh, in Canada. Uh, so how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, it's really, it is really expensive. <laughs> um, I think, to be honest, I think I'm one of the lucky ones uh, on the North American circuit. I think I have like really good sponsors. Um, my sponsors are cycling like sponsors, you know, so cycling companies. So Canyon and like SRAM and Rafa and all the other cycling companies. So they... Yeah, they pay me a salary and like they, they just pay me money. And then with all my sponsors, I get, gather a budget and then I can go race with that budget. But and I think for them, like they know that I will race both in North America and in Belgium on TV. So they will have exposure at both places. But I think maybe 
maybe it's not true what I'm going to say, but I think maybe we, because it's like that, we have to do more of like the media stuff, maybe being North American, it's more important because for the cycling companies, like you have to, yeah, connect more with the fans maybe, and just make sure that you have a presence and that everyone that follows cycling, like they, you, you, And, and they don't put pressure necessarily, but I feel like it's part of our job more. Whereas if I had maybe like a bank, like a Belgium bank sponsoring me, it doesn't change much if I talk about it on social media, you know, for them. It's more like be on TV and that will give us the, the exposure needed. Yeah. But here it's kind of so, so for me, like that, that's kind of how it works. But yeah. I, I, and is that something which um, you think if you would not have that, it, it, it costs a certain amount of energy uh, to put in to um, give a visibility to your partners. Um, if and, and I can share that with my teammates, uh, you know, like if it doesn't fit me, there will be someone else or we just put Sven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I'm super lucky with that. Um, but if you... If you would be able to put that away and use that energy for your performance, um, yeah, I would almost fill it in myself, but your performance would even grow more, right? Or not? Maybe. Yeah. It. I guess we'll never know. And that's like the... No. <laughs> so I don't know. I think in a way, like... So I was before I was on a team that would take care of most of the things for me and I could just like show up and race. And I, I liked it, but I think for me personally, I, I just like working on other projects sometimes. Like it, it makes me feel good and I love to think about it and like be creative about it. So I think for me, it's a balance that I enjoy, but sometimes it is more than I can chew. Like it, sometimes it's I, I put more on my plate than what, what I can actually yeah. do and then it affects my performance. So I have to like really yeah. balance. Um, I think I said I was lucky earlier and one of the reasons why is my husband, David, he does it with me. And I think now we are, we have enough sponsors that we can both kind of live off of that mostly. So he can take a lot of that. So he does a lot of the logistics, the budget, the communication with the sponsors. And so I'm left with more time for training, recovery and the fun projects. <laughs> That, you know, yeah, but that's great. That's really, uh, really special to have uh, such a good team. Yeah, it's nice. And yeah. to be honest, I don't. I think it would be really hard if he wasn't there. Because, for example, like now I'm leaving for three months. It's easier because I'm with my husband. If it was not, then it would be really difficult. So I think yeah. that's where it becomes a challenge. If you're a North American rider, like I honestly, probably the best solution would be to race for a Belgian team, maybe. You know, yeah. But then, like, so, that's also <laughs> kind of hard if you. Yes, so. because then you need to leave everything exactly. uh, behind and yeah. and stay for a longer time in Europe. But um, so then, yeah, if you want to tackle uh, the the fact that there are not so many North American riders in the international scene, then this is the main problem. Yeah, I think so, and. I think if you look back a few years ago, there were more teams over here. So maybe you remember there was the Cannondale Cyclocross World yeah. team that was really big, um, Kona team. Like there were a few bigger teams and having that team structure was really helpful because then everyone traveled together. And so for the riders, it was cheaper because maybe, and for even for the team, like you would send maybe one mechanic, but can work with the three athletes and you, can, you yeah. rent one camper for everyone. And um, But now... Yeah, I think there's almost no team anymore here. Uh, everyone is individual rider, and I think it's because it costs less money to the sponsor to have mm -hmm. to sponsor one rider yeah. rather than like a team. Because I need yeah. three to four bikes; I don't need twenty five. You know, so no, like, exactly. It's yeah. less. Um, yeah, so sometimes I don't know like what will happen in the future, how it will change. Um, I hope, I hope they that the interest for cyclocross keeps growing in North America because there were some years that it was bigger and now it's like a little bit less. I think gravel is gaining so much that it's taking a lot of the industry's money. Yeah. So it, what was cyclocross is now like kind of going towards gravel. So I'm hoping that cyclocross can like come back. Do you also see then that um, 
a lot of riders that maybe first would choose to do cyclocross that they change to gravel? Um, maybe not the young ones, but I think the adults, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, right now. So, but, but the thing with that is you never know, like, it's always trends, you know? No, yes, yes. So maybe, like, yeah. in, maybe in two years, people are tired of riding for 12 hours and they want to come back to, like, something more dynamic, like cyclocross. Like, you don't know. Yeah. Um, nope. So I... But it's, yeah. I mean, it's hard and it's not our job, uh, luckily, maybe even. But, uh, yeah, it would be really nice that if we can somehow manage to get it up and keep it up and that uh, that also bring more um, riders to the international field of course of course yeah and what one thing that was cool is like a few years ago so when i started there were some european riders that would come over in north america like kind of yeah. like the guys are doing this year you know so vincent bastens was, was there and um other belgian riders yes yeah so women used to come too so helen wyman came and gabby day and uh Caroline Manny, of course, she stayed, but like there were a lot of them yeah. and it really hired the level for a few years. And yeah, so I think uh, uh, Manon Bakker did it this year as well. Yeah. I remember that she really wanted to do the, uh, the World Cup, but then she said, I better take a few other races as well because only flying for one race is, is too expensive. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, it is fun when, when that happens. And yeah, so, I mean, who knows? Like, as you said, it's not our job to, like, think about how to grow the sport. But I think there's are some things that we can learn from Belgium. You know, the other day I was, like, at the hotel and watched on TV. You know, they were showing some dog competitions and some, like, really weird. <laughs> and it was fun to watch. But also you think, like, I can't believe there's this dog's race on competition but there's no cyclocross and i yeah you know how they're more interested in this yes than for and you're like oh I, like i wish it was big enough and i sometimes i i'm trying to figure out what can we learn from belgium and bring yeah. it here um and i still don't know what it is i still don't know what makes it so popular in belgium like what why they love it so much and how we can make people here in north america love it so much I think, yeah, Belgium's really, really grow up with a bike. Yeah. Even if you don't like sport, there's still the bike. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in racing way. I mean, in the Netherlands, the bike is a big thing, but not for racing. It's more to use it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's even for me, being so much closer to it, I... I I'm still impressed by how how people can become so crazy about riding a bike or watching it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Do you... I mean, I think sometimes, like, what makes a sport big or what makes people interested about it is, like, they create stars around the sport, yeah. you know? Like, they do that a lot in basketball or football here. Are you a star in Belgium? Like, do you, when you, no, I mean, or, or like your team, I mean, look at Sven, like how yes. much of a star no, Sven, he is and like, Sven what is, is the really extent? What is the extent? Like, yeah. do you walk, walk around in Belgium and Sven gets asked for f selfies and stuff? Yeah, he definitely all the time. Okay. And um, yeah, it's crazy in Belgium, people sometimes recognize me on the street and I'm like, oh, oh. Okay, wow. hi, <laughs> you know, so, and uh, yeah, that's strange, I, the strange, most strange thing I had, I was <laughs> in the supermarket, <laughs> in the little, yeah. uh, so I sponsor correct, and um, yeah, someone came to ask a selfie, and I was like, oh my god, okay, oh, I, you say yes, but it's on. Then I thought it's super strange. Just leave, uh, leave me shopping, you know. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, you. I also try to, like, it feels super weird, and I think I will never get used to something like that. And I'm super. I mean, this is not happening every day, of course. Mm -hmm. So luckily, but on the other hand, I also try to. Uh, how, yeah, I don't know how you say it in English, but um, you know to to uh yeah feel a bit proud and happy f yeah. about it to because um you know if those people wouldn't have this 
it was not that popular. And because they are this fan of me, of you, of, of, of the sport, we can make a living out of it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it, it's strange, but I think uh, you should never react uh, uh, like... Badly, you know, like, no. No, 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 yeah. definitely not. So, yeah, but in the Netherlands, no, not at all, nothing. And uh, if you tell that in Belgium, they also do not understand that. Huh. Well, yeah, that's crazy. Okay. I mean, I, I just remember one of the first time I went to Belgium at a supermarket, I saw, you know, when they have those weekly kind of yeah. magazine that tells scoop about people. Like, it's just, yeah. I think, I mean, I think Sven was on it. You know, I could see he was on it. And I think Sana was also on it. Ah, yes. Yeah, and yeah. I they thought... They were in the same team. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like... Okay, like that's how big it is in Belgium. And like if we want to make it that big in North America, we have a lot of work <laughs> to do because like we're far from being on the People's magazine, you know. Yes. Or like last year we had uh, I had uh, <laughs> it was actually super funny. <laughs> so, yeah, we stopped at the gas station to refill the camper. And uh, suddenly, you know, some of those gas stations, they are a bit mo more modern and they have this uh, commercial uh, part on the, on, the, on the gas station, like uh, just on, on the place where you, you're standing. Yeah. And suddenly, uh, Wout van Aert st uh, starts talking oh to us, God. you know, in a video. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it. He, they're yeah. so big over there. Yes, and I I think ultimately that's the key. Like, if you can bring some sponsors that are not cycling industry sponsors in the sport, then it can get so much bigger yeah. because that's like big money and yes, it touches different people. So I don't know. We're not changing the world today, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can help at some point. If um, we can have that zero point zero one percent. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Okay. I have uh, another question about that. What yeah. do, uh, not about that, but about like the differences. What do you guys think about us North American riders coming to race in Europe and having all of the UCI points because we have uh, <laughs> less competitive races maybe? Yeah. First to explain maybe for listeners who are less into the point system. Yeah. Good, good so, idea. We have, um, let's say, we have three type of uh, races where you can grab UCI points. Um, the most UCI points you can grab at the World Cup, um, which is now basically every Sunday from now on. And then we have the point one races, um, which is uh, just under, but it's already a lot less points. And then you have the point two races, that's even a little bit less than the point one races and um on the day that there's a world cup there if there's another race it only can be uh, a point two race and uh others it's um yeah what the organizer wants so um they probably need to pay more i guess yeah <laughs> to the uci and um yeah so uh, of course in america they also organize uh point one races and point two Uh, but um, yeah, like uh, Magali said, sometimes there are less competitors uh, in American race than on the same moment in Europe, which is both a point one race, which would uh, say uh, when you p uh, take the statics that it's easier to grab points. But um, yeah, well, what do we found from that? Um, I think there are more places than only in America where it's kind of easier to grab That's points. That's true, yeah. Um, a lot of the second, let's call it second row, Belgium riders have tried to go earlier in the season to Czech, uh, Germany, Spain, and they're going to race there to grab points. And the points make that they have a better start uh, position. And from the better start position, because what... You already said, Magli, the fighting is uh, quite hard yeah. here. Uh, it's easier to keep your position a bit more in front to take more points. So, yeah, and um, I did hear sometimes, like, ah, and, uh, they, they have a lot of points and uh, they're not uh, even having the level for that start row. But 
points are points. And I mean, it's not on the shoulders of American riders or Canadian riders um, to, yeah. <laughs> to, you know, like um, th- it's not their fault that, that there is a half of the bunch from what's in, in Europe, for example. So, um, yeah, and you also see the other thing happening. So sometimes riders are coming early to America to grab points. Yeah. And so it works from uh, more sides. And um, I think it's really depending on who you, with who you are speaking about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I was wondering if sometimes like you speak between each other, ah, oh, so annoying. Like there's so many points. Or that... no. no. Okay. But maybe also for me, like I'm standing in front. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm so no one is now. in, the, no one's in your way. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but maybe, and maybe then for example, in the boys, there's, even more competition of course yeah. so maybe when you're fighting for uh fourth row or fifth row and then someone comes in like and it feels that they have the easy points then you look different to it yeah. than for me for example yeah i think like it's I, I guess it's like the one advantage that we can have, you know? There's a lot of disadvantage from coming yeah. over here. So, like, we just take this advantage that we can and, and make the most of it. Um, I do have a question about that. So, the first, like, I know, and maybe I'm wrong, but, like, I I thought it took me some time to earn the respect in Europe of the other writers. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if, I don't know if it's always that, way so I'm like asking but I remember maybe the first year I went and also maybe I'm weird like I like to make friends with my competitors (laughs) so like I understand that's not everyone but I remember I was there and it was I don't remember the race but I was at the race and you know when we all wait to get on the pre-ride to get on the course so everyone was there waiting and also me. So I thought, oh, <laughs> it's my chance to make friends. And so, and I knew no one. I was like, I went alone. No other North American riders were there. So I was there. And so I was like, everyone was there. And I say, hey, how's it going? And everyone looked at me, didn't say anything, and then kept talking together. And I was like, they're so mean. And it took a it took very a, mean. <laughs> yeah, it took some time. And eventually, like some writers, so Sophie de Boer got really nice and um Ellen Van Looy was really nice. And like slow ah, yeah. very slowly it came. And I think I it's just because I kept showing up and eventually like sometimes I had some okay results or like a good battle with someone that then she would speak to me. And now I feel like everyone's much nicer and and even some of the mechanics will help me now but it took some time to earn the respect yeah and i appreciate i get it like you have to earn respect of people but uh that was like a difference that i found that here yeah maybe over here it's more friendly maybe also because as i said like we kind of hang out for three days every week but you know that was like a big difference i thought was it the same for you um now, I think I had a little bit advantage, of course, because uh, or people knew me already from road cycling. Yeah. Or like I, anyway, you know, sometimes the same people showing up on the road and the cyclocross. Yeah. But um, it's not so easy to c- get through Belgiums, I found out. And hmm. not every Belgium per- person is the same person, of course. But um, even... It took me a while to have like a real conversation with Sana, although I was a, f- a lot of times on that moment with her backstage yeah. after the race. So <laughs> yeah. it's just a personality sometimes. But um, I also noticed myself just just that I also, yeah, hopefully didn't give people the feeling that I didn't respect them or anything. But sometimes someone starts talking to you and you're like, oh, Who's that? You know, like, yeah. I don't know you. You know, like, yeah, I think I was that person. And also, I don't speak the language. So, like, that's another barrier. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, yes. And then people are just talking with each other in their in their own language, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they have their little friends and stuff. So, yeah. 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 You jump into a different world then. It, it is. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's also part of the racing, too, you know, and. I respect that about racing over there because I actually, and I think it, I really love the racing in Belgium. Like it's so intense and so, 
you know, deep and you have to fight for each position. And so I thought maybe like that kind of being a bit colder, um, maybe, I don't know, it's easier to shove someone in the barrier if you're not your friend, if it's not your friend. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Yes, so I it is, it is. Yeah, and I, I, I was thinking like maybe that's part of it. Like it's easier to be aggressive if they're not your best friend. But it, it seems like now everyone is much nicer. Like everyone's, I don't think anyone is not nice now. But no. um, yeah, that's another difference. Like it's so much more They aggressive. They need to get to know you. <laughs> maybe, yeah, I, maybe I, I was annoying. I came like enough times to... <laughs> They, they just were afraid for you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I was afraid for sure. Like, it worked in a way. Like, I was so intimidated. Yeah. Um. So it was working, if that was the game. like it was, <laughs> Don't sell them. Yeah. <laughs> no, but now I'm not intimidated anymore. So. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. All right. But uh, I think then, you know, um, what would you like to... to um, bring to america like what if you pick one thing from europe racing or belgium racing because most of the time it's of course belgium uh, and you bring back to to canada america what would it be it's hard to pick just one um <laughs> it's true i would bring all of you guys <laughs> <laughs> I, bunch. I would yes i would bring like the racers <laughs> it, it would be really fun like that's one thing that i wish sometimes i i could race at that level every weekend and now yeah. now it will happen as of next week but i i think you become better if you're pushed to that level every weekend so like that's one thing and i it, it makes the races fun because even if you're in like seventh position you even you fight as hard because there's always someone behind someone just in front So, like, it's really intense racing. Um, but I, I would bring the whole system. Like, as we said, like, it's so professional. I would bring the, f like, I think it's fun that there are so many fans. I think it's fun that they have enough money to, like, pay the racers. I think, you know, all of it is, yeah. like, pretty cool. So, they definitely more friendly in North America, but more, yeah, more, I don't, maybe not professional, but more, like, More of an event, you know, more like yeah. big if you go to Europe. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's it's not a good answer, but I I just don't know. No, I think it's good. Yes. Yeah. It makes a summary, I think, from uh, what is missing or, you know, what could make make it even better. But what about you? Because you came racing over here. What do you think we're missing from Europe, for example? Or what is Europe missing from North America? Well, I do miss, I think, then, like... The even cooler atmosphere, like we go and, you know, like in America, you a lot of times have this bike stands where it's cool to hang out. And of course, I have been there when the weather was much better yeah. as well. So it helps. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Say. I have to admit. It does. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, and then, you know, like that you see those kids and that you... I, I mean, there are also kids at our in in Europe, of course, and they come to watch you, but they they don't have their own moment of racing. Only sometimes the juniors, of course, but it's way more as a family thing. Yeah, because there are activities for the family. So I think in Belgium there are also families coming. It's not only that uh, the boys are hanging out a day with their friends. It's also Uh, a lot of people come with their family, but there are no family activities. So yeah. maybe I should bring that part um, because in some races it now is more like a drinking festival yeah. where some actors riding their bike, yes. some kind of thing. It's true, yeah. So I think that's the biggest difference. Okay, yeah. uh, that's interesting. I mean, I guess to summarize it, I mean, for me, like in my head, how how I like compare it's like in north america it's like party fun and then yeah. in europe it's like business serious yeah serious yes. business yeah yeah <laughs> that's kind of i think it's a good summary yeah <laughs> um all right well i think that's uh we we could keep talking about it but i think we covered some some interesting topics um We have a listener question that I think fits a little bit into that. 
Yeah. 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 Um, Throw it in. Yeah. Okay. I'll go for it. So it's from Jesse Parker. So thank you for sending the question. She says, um, listening to the podcast now and I'm loving it. So thank you. She said, a question I've always wondered. Why are so many of the best men Belgian and so many of the best women Dutch? So with, with some notable... She, she ex- added... Yes, yeah, she, she added, added one thing. Eh? Yeah, she, <laughs> she did. She said... I will say it. Okay. She added excluding Megali and some notable ri- others. It's true. There, there are others. Uh, but mostly we see Dutch women at yeah. the front and Belgian men at the front of the races. Why do you think? Why do you think Belgian um, men and Dutch women, for yeah, example? I ha- I, well, I have been thinking about that a long time. So first of all, I think why we see less women in Belgium is because their club structure have been different, um, which (laughs) made it maybe less interesting for girls to choose this sport. So um, you do have a club, but there is not like a literally clubhouse where you collect and and, um, go right on a safe place. No, it's just... You know, maybe you you still have an appointment somewhere and you go riding with each other. So they do try to change this a little bit. So they have some training days, for example, in Zolder now, uh, always in summer. I think this structure in the Netherlands is much better. So you have a lot of clubs who have their own safe circuit, which is close from any traffic. Mm. So it's very safe for little children to train. And then, because it's so, so popular, this sport in Belgium, I think it also uh, um, gets more riders into, or men into the sport. And the more riders you get in, the more quality you also get. Because, Hmm. yeah, I mean, maybe in Canada, they're walking maybe still a lot of people having talent for riding their bike, but they just don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and um, then I was thinking, yeah, maybe it's also like, so the teams are Belgium, so there's more pla- there are more places available for the boys than there's no Dutch racing cyclocross team, for example. So maybe if you do not make that little extra step you do not get the chance in the belgium team because there are already so many belgiums and Mm. maybe then you quit or you choose for road racing yeah that makes sense and but then the do the belgian team have as many places for men than they do for women maybe now Uh, but not before i don't know you mean in for having for belgium riders or you mean like in general well in general but also for belgian riders like why are so many more men than women yeah so so i think for now there were just no women yeah no not who right were now, good right. enough to uh who were good enough to you know pay really pay for yeah and then they did see good dutch riders yeah so they picked them to uh develop those riders uh, but they were not taking away a place for a Belgium rider. And if you look to the men, like, yeah, uh, Boa Streck is very Dutch, but they're always looking for Belgium riders because we still have Belgium sponsors. Yeah, that makes so sense. So there's no, like, it's sup- the interest is there because the riders are that good that they uh, bring the sponsor publicity in the races. Yeah. But still, you also want the Belgium face. Of some moments, so it's always a balance there. And what about the Dutch national team? Like, does it do? Does it have anything to do with the fact that you guys are all so good? Like, the, is there mm. training that put you all together, all the women together, like for the kids there, or anything? Mm, not really for the kids. There are few places in, uh, uh, yeah, f- original places uh, where they give cyclocross training, but it's not for the younger ones. So it's from, let's say, 16 or something. Okay. And and it's not that everybody can come there because it's from the federation. So you need to have a certain level and then they accept that you come. But the rest is just they train uh, on the club. 
But yep. maybe it is that because you have this club training, and of course, I mean, we have quite a lot of girls, but it's still not as lot as the boys. So if you put them in clubs, I was always alone, but I was riding with yeah. the boys. Yeah. Okay. So maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. So it, yeah, do you think did do you think Mariana Voss or like others before kind of influenced since she's been there for so long? Like, do you think yes. some of the yeah, no, Dutch yes. women writers saw her and thought like, oh, I want to do that, or maybe not her, but there another one. Yeah, there are definitely girls who started writing because of that, and and the the fact well, and that's super interesting, and you can't really put your finger on, but um, also before Marianne and before Leontine van Morsel, there were already really good Dutch women. We had already mm -hmm. world champion women before them, so well, it always have been. Yeah, it's always been. Yeah, it's interesting and it it's as you said, I think it's hard to put exactly the finger, but thanks for sharing. I think what you said is like all things that I didn't really know or thought about. So Yeah. Cool. No, it's a hard question. Uh, the answer is not one thing, I think, but uh I hope um yeah, I explained as good as uh, as you and I hope you like the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think so. you know I have like now that you're just finishing like I, maybe the one other hypothesis is that maybe for the Belgian and Dutch maybe they see it more as a as a way to make a living whereas if you come from yeah. an, from another country you know since cyclocross is not a Olympic discipline there's no funding from no, the it's government harder. it's yeah. harder to see how you can make a living from this discipline it is already no funding in the Netherlands either I, see exactly so same in Canada but if you choose road for example then there's funding and there's kind of more yeah. of a path to become a professional but I and so yeah. I think that's why less countries see cyclocross as a professional like a living option but in in the Netherlands and Belgium, it's close enough that they can see, you know, so many pro riders, so many teams, and they can see, oh, it's a possibility, so I will put all my effort into that yeah. discipline and make make a living out of it. So I think maybe that's another another thing. Yeah. Good addition. Yeah. Okay, last part of the of the podcast, the dirty question of the week. Yeah, I have we introduced a new, yeah, <laughs> introduced. new part in. <laughs> okay, I have one for you. Uh, I have two because I have one that I'm wondering and I have one that one of the under 23 writers that is a friend of mine, she had a question for you. It's a dirty question. All right. Um, uh, I'm I'm ready for it. Okay, so first one. Socks. Should the socks go over or under the arm warmers? Uh, the, the leg warmers, sorry. What do you think? Over. Over? Why? What's the yeah. logic? It just looks better, you think? But only if you have cool socks, of course. What? What is? Okay, explain to me, like, what are cool socks and why should they go over? First, a cool sock is not too short in my eyes. Okay. Um, also not too long. I mean, those socks that come over halfway, uh, you know, like almost to your knees are that's too long um, and then I'm very traditional it should be or super super wide or like um, some really nice design okay thing, so know? not black mm, no but then it doesn't matter if you put it under or over you know oh, like black thing. is very handy in cyclocross I have to say yeah but um, then you can also put it under because you don't see it yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've always I always put it under and okay and the reason I don't really have a re so one of the reason is now I have nice leg warmers but I used to have leg warmers that have a zipper and then if you put yeah. the sock over no, the zipper it's uncomfortable and it looks weird um, yeah so I don't know like do you, do you think it looks better when it's over that's what you think yeah. Huh. But I do have to agree with you that it depends on the leg warmer. Because, you know, what I also really don't like, what I a lot of times struggle with, then you have some sponsoring on the leg warmer and then half of it is coming out of the sock part, you know? True. Like, and, and the rest is yeah. <laughs> covered. So it doesn't look, <laughs> look so good no. as well. So would you, like, if you see someone with leg warmers over the socks so like you don't see the socks would you like say who 
the style is not great Mm, no you know when i would when i really say something there is apparently it was a hype um, to put your leg warmers over your uh, um, normal uh, pants oh over your shorts over the leg over your shorts over the legs parts okay and that looks terrible i can tell you that much (laughs) Really, and then I say, "Come on, seriously, what's this?" You know? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's good. Um, all right. Well, I yeah. think I still don't know if I'm gonna put them over. Uh, I don't know if I can commit, but I will try. I, I say that <laughs> okay, I'll okay, try. Okay. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I think that's like Euro style. I'll, I'll try to fit in. Maybe that's why they yeah. didn't want to talk to me. Maybe <laughs> we find out. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, yes. and now my second question. Let's okay. see. I I have it recorded, so you'll hear. Um. I ha- I asked her at the Trek World Cup, so wait, it it will come. Now I want to know: Do you have a question for her? Her name is Ella Brand. What is your max power? Oh, dang! <laughs> Can you hear it? She's gonna have to answer that. I love it. Truthfully, truthfully. Okay, <laughs> love it. Thank you. Yes. What is my max power? Okay. Well, yeah. So um, her name is Ella Brennerman. She's under twenty-three. Well, I don't know. I'd, well, no. Or she wants to know. Past. She wants to know. Yes. She wants to know your max. It's not impressive at all. So if I have a really good one, then I come somewhere super high in 800. But I, when I was a bit younger, so a bit more explosive, I once reached somewhere in the 900 and I'm still proud on that. That's good. Yeah. You know, the, the max power is my favorite on the, you know, on the cycling computer, it's my favorite yeah. window to look at. Really? I just, I'm so, yeah, I'm so happy I'm when it goes high. I'm getting motivated from, the, yeah, but I, it's never, it's never impressive by, with me, so. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was Ella's What's your question. maximum power then? It's like the, ma- the one time, one time I saw 1100, but. <gasps> wow. One time, I think I can go when I hit what when I hit over one thousand. Like in the one thousand, I'm really happy. But it doesn't. Yeah. It's not all the time. I hit nine hundred pretty often, like pretty much always. But the one thousand, every time I hit one thousand, like I look at the window and I show Dave. I'm like, hey, <laughs> this, this is one of my weakness. Well, I mean, see, <laughs> you're like you're still the world champion. I'm not, so it doesn't really matter in the end, I guess. Uh, okay, yeah. cool. Well, do you yeah, have? A- I have, yeah, yeah. I have one little story in for the dirty uh, topic. Okay, go for um, it. This weekend, uh, we uh, went to a wedding from Roxane Kneteman. Okay. She, uh, uh, yeah, married Wim. You have and, to tell us who uh, she is because no, some people might not. Ah, uh, yeah. Some people maybe don't know Roxane Kneteman. Uh, is a former teammate from me. She was a racer when we raced together when I was racing in Rabobank. And um, she's a very known person now in the Netherlands. She does a lot of. On- on TV uh, for um, also commentating on the races and stuff like this. And um, her dad uh, was Gerry Kneteman. He was a really good bike racer. And um, yeah, so she's a good friend of me. And um, maybe you um, knew that on one of the road races in the Netherlands, we had Ellen van Dijk got a very special prize. And um, it was uh, a dildo. <laughs> oh my god! So <laughs> Which race is that? <laughs> there was a, 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 a stage race in the Netherlands, uh, and okay. um, the sponsor was uh, yeah <laughs> a brand that a also sex shop, a sex shop kind of thing online, oh so you god. can order so products. <laughs> and so yeah, there was this story and stuff. So. And then um, I heard a few weeks ago a commercial on the radio that they had those um, advent uh, calendars. I don't know if you know this. Like, so you 
normally with Christmas, you can open every day a box, you know? Yeah. And then there's something. Oh, yeah. Advance. Yeah, yes, yes. Yes. So they had this from the band. So I bought this as a present oh, for, for her wedding. wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I thought I need to share this story for our dirty topic. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that is a dirty one for real. <laughs> and um, she was very thankful um, that she could think for 24 days on me. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy, that yes. is funny. It's funny that the this company wanted to sponsor a bike event. That's yeah. that's interesting. Well, you you wanted some uh, new uh True. I wanted some out of industry sponsor. Here we go. We exactly. got it. <laughs> maybe they want to maybe. sponsor our podcast. <laughs> I just wanted to say maybe yeah. you should ask if they want to sponsor us. Yeah, cycling and their dirty talk. So, all right. Cool. Uh I think that's it. Do you have anything else you would like to share or maybe I next? I think we are, we are around. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I guess next time I see you in Dendermond. I hope so. Hopefully, yes. hopefully it's not as crappy as last time we went there. Well, I can tell you this much. It's already raining for weeks here. Oh, really? So, okay. Yes. So it, I better start running already. Yeah. Tr start your training for running. Okay. With bike. With maybe. bike. With bike and yeah. bike shoe. Oh, God. Okay. I'm ready for it. At least it's the first one. So I'm still super energized. So like, no problem. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Lucinda. If you guys uh, have more questions, please send them our way. We still have like a lot. A lot of people already send questions. So we're good for a few more episodes. But still, if you have more questions, uh, dirty questions, uh, send them our way. Thank you. And see you next time.